Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? They breathe just like we do. Yes, sir. They sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then. Let's play. But that's cheating us, too. That gives us, too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Show Talk 103.9 News Bunny Sports. I am the host. You are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. It is a wonderful Thursday. It's Power Ranking Thursday. You can send me power rankings of anything you want to power rank. I will react to those power rankings on air. Now, some people try to give me topics to Power Rank. I will do my best, but I much prefer you sending in your own Power Rankings that I can react to. And then I will give my thoughts, or if I completely disagree, we'll give my own. That's, that's the fun of it, in my opinion. First texter of the day, my favorite texter, nothing against the other texters, but I like this guy. What's up, Bobby Bro? Uh, it's been a long time since I was called Bobby Bro, by the way. Um, somebody, uh, uh, one of my old history teachers, uh, he's not old, sorry, enjoyed him uh, back in high school. He would sing Bobby Bro to the tune of, um, you know, what was that to the tune of? Sloppy Joe. What was it the Lunch Lady Land? Sloppy Joe. Sloppy, sloppy Joe, yeah. But it was Bobby Bro. That's the, the old Adam Sandler SNL skit with uh, Chris Farley as a lunch lady. Navy beans, navy beans. Meatloaf sandwich. Yeah, there you go. Had to go back in the memory bank for that one. Anyways, the texter says it's Maybe Thursday. It's Do what? Maybe it is. Maybe it's him texting Maybe me. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Uh, it's Thursday, which means tomorrow. Hey, by the way, Connor's back if you want to talk to Connor today. Uh, it's Thursday, which means tomorrow is Friday. Let's go. You know, some people call Thursday Little Friday, and then you get an extra day in the weekend. On this fantastic Thursday, I'm predicting a Texas Tech sweep of the Texas Longhorns. This weekend down in Austin. Hopefully optimistic. Yours, Grande Pollo. Interesting. We'll talk more about baseball today, I'm sure. I feel like Adams 30 for 30 would have more drama. Two rises and falls 
One, maybe two bounce backs, Sweet 16 to Unemployed. And then they chose Tombstone. We were doing that in the first show of the day, the Raiderland. You can't continue either or Thursday as you please. Which 30 for 30 would you prefer? A Beard Adams era Texas Tech basketball 30 for 30? Or the life and times of Mike Leach? I would enjoy both of these for for much different reasons. I think if it was a 30 for 30 just on the drama surrounding Mike Leach's departure of Texas Tech, I would not I I don't need to rehash that. I would love more insight on the Beard era, the end of the Beard era and into the Adams era. Because if it's Beard Adams, you could start at UNLV. You could even go back to Little Rock and move through. That would be a really, really fun retrospective, especially as I said on the, the Raiderland at the final, you know, the final 30 minutes there. It would be really cool to get the interviews from all the people involved. Players ex-coaches that were here and then left, and then maybe even reunited in Austin. Coaches who left and went other places. Players that transferred. Players who didn't transfer. That would be really interesting. Now, you'd have to wait 15, 20 years to really get the juice, but that would be interesting. And then you can either vote for Tombstone or Unforgiven. Uh, and I will say this. I would vote Tombstone. I like both of those movies. I agree with a lot of the textures saying um, The Searchers or The Cowboys. Uh, there's some newer westerns that I enjoy. A little more in my wheelhouse. Um, but certainly the classics are classics for a reason. Uh, and I will say this. Somebody texted earlier with the movie Rango. <laughs> you familiar with Rango, Connor? Uh, it just, to call that a Western, it is a Western. Um, but it, it was just, it was funny. That was a funny text. This texter, great show, Ryan Rules. See, Ryan, people text in about your show, too. They add Rob as well, but that was on a separate text. You got your own text, Ryan. See? People love you. Power ranking Adam Sandler SNL bits, the Hanukkah song, Lunch Lady Land, and Opera Man. Opera Man was great. Reading the news, the uh, Weekend Update Opera Man sketch. Um, Red Hooded Sweatshirt was another one. The Zagat's um, <laughs> Restaurant Critiques with Chris Farley. Uh, where he's the husband sitting there and, and Chris Farley is the wife reading where they want to go for dinner, the Zagat's Guide. That was a great one. 
I don't really remember any Adam Sandler characters. A lot of what he did was bit parts and you know being in other people's skits or the weekend update stuff. I would I would really have to sit down and think about some recurring Adam Sandler characters. Of course, he's one of the biggest SNL alums, movie-wise, if not the biggest. Will Ferrell. Ferrell, Sandler. TV-wise, Bob Odenkirk. You know, I did not know this. I, I read this the other day. Bob Odenkirk wrote the uh, a, a motivational speaker sketch the Matt Foley motivational speaker sketch. And they did that on second city for like two straight months before they all got to SNL. And then they just did it as an SNL sketch. And then obviously that was a recurring character, but the first one is the most memorable. Using your papers for not for writing, but for rolling doobies. I did a couple Matt Foley sketches um, in my time. There was a time where my dream job was uh, going up and being on Second City. That would have been really fun. A couple of texts here. uh, Power rankings. Power ranking former Lubbock TV sports anchors. David Collier. Drew Daughtery. That's a hard name to say. Rob Brennan and Sean Lindsay. He told me to guess the ranking, but I'm just going to read it how he wrote it. Uh, I would add a fifth Rob Verby. Lightning in a bottle, that guy. Another one, best ballpark food that isn't a burger or hot dog. Loaded nachos, Frito pie, a greasy pizza slice, bratwurst on a bun. Uh, or a sloppy Joe with jalapenos. I don't know that I would order a sloppy Joe at a game. I would get that all over myself. And pizza, love pizza, obviously, big pizza guy. But pizza at ballparks just always feels undercooked. The pizza at Texas Live is really good. Like, some of the best pizza I've ever had. I was a bucket or two of Coors Light in, but that was a really good slice of pizza. And I've had a couple of good pizza slices in my time at ballparks, but the helmet nachos would probably be my favorite that's not a hot dog or hamburger, cheeseburger, whatever it is. Uh, I would also go peanuts. Peanuts at the ballpark, popcorn at the ballpark, that kind of stuff. Uh, Texture asking if I got pizza at Minute Maid. I did not. I don't think they had pizza available. Not that I saw. It was a really bare bones operation there at Minute Maid when I was there. What do you, what do you get the most often when you go? Hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a hot dog guy. If if I get anything. Generally, I'm just there. Or like a Frito pie. I did have the, at the Texas Tech game, pro tip, 
if you go to a Texas State baseball game, the best concession stand is at the far end of right field, like down way past first base. Uh, they have like the good stuff. Do they have popcorn often? Oh yeah, that would be my number two after hot dogs. Yeah, I would agree. Popcorn and then peanuts. Like a, I like a, pe- a bag of peanuts, but uh, they have good popcorn. But I had uh, the barbecue Frito pie the last time I was there. They like have baked beans on there. It's pretty good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. It was mostly baked. It was baked beans and Fritos, but it was good. It was good. Or a sausage wrap. Classic so- the Raider wrap there at uh, Texas Tech. They always do a good job. They've upgraded to uh, peppers and onions on there. They used to just be in a drawer pre-folded, pre-wrapped. And uh, the tortilla was a part of the sausage at that point. <laughs> just all melded together. Uh, but now they, they have them separate and wrap them up, and they can throw peppers and onions in there if you want them to. We've also gotten a a memory of Connor from six years ago from a texter. <laughs> I'll show it to you in the break, Connor. Oh, man. You'll enjoy it. Uh, Adam Sandler characters. I remember Opera Man, Cajun Man, and Canteen Boy. Canteen Boy? Okay. Opera Man, though, was a Weekend Update thing. I'm talking about, like, characters in sketches, not beyond Weekend Update. Of course, that's a little bit before my time. I mostly watched, like, reruns of SNL in that era. Watched all the movies as they came out, but a little before my time on staying up late on a Saturday night. Rob, explain the plot of Unforgiven. I watched it, but don't remember Clint's character. Um, you know, maybe maybe we'll do that when we come back. Uh, we'll explain the plot of Unforgiven. We'll also talk sports today. Uh, we've got Texas State baseball to talk about. We will power rank. The Texas Tech baseball world of the Big 12. The Big 12 power rankings. It's Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. Um. Rob Rocho Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four-plus bed. We will get into the Big 12 baseball power rankings. I do want to talk a little bit about this weekend. We have not seen pitching matchups from either Texas or Texas Tech. Um, could be a little... A gamesmanship here, maybe? A little late additions to the pitching staffs? Uh, we will preview this series in depth tomorrow. Uh, but you also have Texas Tech softball beating Abilene Christian last night 8-0. to uh, Finishing up that game a little bit early. At least, it, it could have been a, in the 6th or early in the 7th, either way. 
will run rule action. But Ariel Schaefer puts out a note after the Texas Tech softball game. Texas Tech softball is nine home runs away from a season record as a team. Season. Nine. They start Big 12 play this week. Just incredible. Craig Snyder, what he's done as the hitting coach uh, before he got here and then gets here has completely revolutionized the power of this team. They mash. They pitch. They've been in pitching duels. They've mashed teams. They've won in different ways. I don't know if they will sustain this through Big 12 play. But they have a pretty dadgum good record with a pretty good schedule. And if they win two of three from Texas this weekend, you could be look, looking at a ranked Texas State baseball and softball team. This is also a pivotal series for Texas Tech. Texas is now unranked. Um at least according to D1 Baseball. And they have struggled. They struggled early. The Texas baseball team struggled early, um, but are on a bit of a heater. A bit. A bit of a heater. And it seems like they might have figured some things out. Now, here's why they might not have. They've played a really weak schedule since they struggled. Texas Tech 18 and 4. Um, Gonzaga is Gonzaga. Western Illinois is Western Illinois. Air Force is Air Force. Uh, but then you go Rice, Michigan, Texas A&M. You lose two of those games. Uh, by less than three runs, three runs total, one of them in 16 innings. You beat Iowa, you hammer them twice, and then you lose a one-run game with a bunch of errors. You beat UT Arlington by 16 total in two games. You have a weird game against Oklahoma State on a Friday night. You lose to them on Saturday, and then you just pound them into the turf. On Sunday. And now you move on to Texas. That's where Texas Tech has been. Leading up to this series. That Iowa series. And the Oklahoma State series on back-to-back are really good series to test where you are legitimately. Especially coming off a weekend in Houston, which is always a little weird. Here's where Texas has been. Opening weekend, they go 0 for 3, but against number 8 Arkansas, number 10 Vanderbilt, who have both been very good, and Missouri, who is better than expected. Then you win a series against Indiana. 
lose no shame to LSU, lose a series to Cal State Fullerton, and up until that point, that's a pretty dadgum rough schedule. Kind of regardless of who you are, especially that's in Fullerton. And then you play Sam Houston Mercer, a three-game set against Manhattan, a two-game midweek versus North Dakota State, a three-game against New Orleans, and a 17-11 to game against Incarnate Word Tuesday, leading into this Texas Tech game. That's 11 straight wins following a walk-off loss to Cal State Fullerton to lose the series on March 5th. They've not lost since March 5th. 11 straight, but again, Mercer, Manhattan, New Orleans, North Dakota State, Incarnate Word. Texas Tech up to 14th in the rankings. On Tuesday, they play Texas A&M. Next weekend, they're in Stillwater. Texas is 15-7 and overall. Again, their losses are against really good teams. They've not beat a lot of good teams. Now, early season, whatever it is, I still have faith that Texas is pretty good. This should be a competitive series against Texas Tech. But I don't know that Texas should be favored. Now, obviously, neutral site, Texas Tech would be favored in three-game set. Let's look a little deeper into the history when we come back in Austin. We'll also get back to the text line. We'll also do the Big 12 Power Rankings in the next segment. But Austin is just not a place where Texas Tech has struggled lately under Tim Tadlock. It's Rob Rose Show Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports. Talk one of the point nine news money sports. I was at Dish Falk Field, which is where uh, the University of Texas plays their baseball games. You did not play in uh, 2020, that series would have been in Lubbock. So, back to back series 21 and 19 in 21, you went two and three. In 19, you went 1-2. and two. In 17, you swept Texas and Austin. In 15, you won 2 of 3. In 14, 13, you won 2 of 3. 
In 2011, one and two. Let's keep it to the Tadlock era. Two and three. Two and one, sorry. Two out of three. Two and one. Two out of three. Sweep. You've lost one series. That was in 2019. No reason you shouldn't win this series this weekend. And it's not like Texas hasn't been good. Now, they've been up and down more than you have. But to me, this Texas Tech baseball team is just better than Texas. They're a good matchup for Texas. Or rather, Texas is a good matchup for them. I've already seen Texas fans being frustrated with the success of Gavin Cash. Maybe we should have kept that kid. Now, you have a lot of young players on this team. And maybe when you have a lot of young players, their first true road test might be a difficult atmosphere. But Texas also playing in the Sweet 16. We'll see if this thing is packed to capacity just because Texas Tech is in town. You might have a lot of Red Raiders there. Because some of these Texas fans are still paying attention to basketball. We will see. But I don't think that there's any kind of major advantage that can be had because it's in Austin. Now, I think there is a major advantage in Lubbock. And generally, there's a major advantage at most Big 12 schools. But for Tim Tadlock, it just does not seem like there's a disadvantage there. Now, turn it around, and you have some major success against Texas in Lubbock. But you're better against Texas in Austin, it seems like. There was a time in 2018, you lose twice. Now, Last year, you won twice, twice in extra innings. Then they walked you off, or not walked you off. You They run-ruled you on a Sunday. Oh, but you go back, 18, Texas wins in Lubbock. 16, Texas wins in Lubbock. 14, Texas wins in Lubbock. It, it's just, it's been opposite, really, in the Tadlock era until last year. This kind of back and forth here that you have between Tadlock and whoever's been coaching Texas, it just seems like Tadlock owns Austin and Texas has gotten the better of you in Lubbock. We'll see if that continues. 
Uh, top three worst NBA coaches, Derek Fisher, Isaiah Thomas, Jason Kidd. Former players, too. I saw the Mavs are protesting, in my opinion, the two easiest points the Warriors ever scored. But I think it was Kidd's fault it even happened. Why wasn't there any Mavs on that side of the court? Because the officials told him it was Mavs ball. They went to the timeout expecting to be Mavs ball. And then out of the timeout, they were like, ah, never mind, it's Warriors ball. We're going to hurry and give it to the Warriors. And that was mass confusion. That was the officials' fault. But uh, a good coach would have stopped that from happening. He would have run on the court or something. Uh, Jason Kidd just seems clueless. Power ranking Creed songs, five, one, four, my sacrifice, three, one last breath, two, with arms wide open, with arms wide open, number one, higher, higher, number one Creed song. My biggest rival, even ahead of the increasing bitterness of Okie State beating Texas and Austin, is huge. Huge! Three exclamation points, all caps. Yet you're running out of opportunities to play them. I think Texas and Texas Tech should play in baseball continuing. I think they will. Baseball has been one sport that Texas and Texas A&M have have played, at least. They'll play again this year. I don't think you'll not play Texas again. I would love to have a home-and-home with Texas, whether that's midweek or early season home-and-home uh, home weekend series, whatever they can work out, or just see in Arlington every year. That would be awesome, too. Arlington or Houston. But, yeah, you're running out of, you're running out of opportunities. Right now, it feels like you'll get them in Austin this year and then one more in Lubbock next year, depending on how the, the scheduling works with new teams. But, yeah. Uh, Power rank these breakfast options, Roberto. Uh, I'll give you what he says, and then I'll give you mine. Uh, Breakfast tacos, number one. Boudin kolaches. I've never had a boudin kolache, but that sounds amazing. Uh, Beignets. Huevo rancheros. And then biscuits and gravy with sausage or chicken. I've never had a biscuits and gravy with chicken either. Um, I would go breakfast tacos, one. Boudin kolaches, two. That sounds amazing. Huevos rancheros, three. Biscuits and gravy, four. Beignets, five. I like sweet uh, breakfasts. I wouldn't shy away from it. I prefer a savory. Like If you gave me the option between just like bacon and eggs or an omelet... Hash browns and then pancakes, I would choose the other. I would choose the the uh the first. Or just both, you know. Just give them all to me. Uh let's see. The Big Twelve power rankings won't have changed much from last week, though there were some interesting series that changed a little bit of the bottom end. I think you move Kansas State back a little bit because they lost to Baylor. I think 
where I thought TCU might be moving forward a little bit, they fall back a little bit because they lost to Oklahoma. I think you can move Oklahoma up. I personally would still have Oklahoma State second. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Then I would move up Oklahoma and West Virginia to 3-4. I think West Virginia is really good. I think I would put Texas at 5, TCU all the way to 6. Kansas State probably still better than Baylor long term, but they lost to Baylor. Uh, Kansas is the worst team in the Big 12. So wherever you want to put Kansas State, Baylor, and Kansas, Kansas 9, flip a coin 7-8 for Baylor and Kansas State. Do you want to give Baylor the edge because they beat Kansas State? Okay. But Texas... Tech, number one. Oklahoma State, number two. I think that's a really good team you just beat. Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas, TCU, Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas. That is the Big 12 power ranking. We will come back, clean up the text line, do more power rankings, sing more Creed. It's a Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News 20 Sports. Red Eye Radio, overnights from midnight to 5 on Talk 1340. Welcome back. Rob Rocha, Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Rob, in your cool introduction theme, the coach clearly says, run over the official if he gets in the way. Coaches talking that way could lead to lawsuits. Your comments. Uh, it's not a coach who says it, it's a player. Uh, and that was a, a movie, uh, which is not real. Uh, and it was also based on uh 89 season. Uh, and things were much, much more uh, forgiving, <laughs> more outlaw there in the 80s, 90s. Uh, but yeah, that is, uh, I believe, Preacher Lawson saying that in the clip. I'd have to look up who actually says it. It's uh, It's a player. That's from Friday Night Lights. There's basketball on tonight. Uh, The Sweet 16. The women's NIT resumes with Texas Tech tomorrow at 7 on the SEC Network Plus. I'm assuming that's ESPN Plus. Uh, Texas Tech, Arkansas at 7 o'clock. But the NCAA Men's Tournament Sweet 16. Oh, that's sorry. That's the Super Super 16 tomorrow. The Sweet 16 tonight, uh, starting at 5.30 on TBS, Michigan State, Kansas State. I'll take Kansas State. 6.15, Arkansas, UConn. Give me UConn. Number nine seed, Florida Atlantic versus Tennessee. Give me Florida Atlantic. 
And then Gonzaga, UCLA. I'll take UCLA, but I think that's going to be a pretty good game. That's at uh, in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. Madison Square Garden and uh, Las Vegas, the two sites for tonight's Sweet 16. Pretty exciting. Tomorrow we'll give you those picks. Uh, they're in Louisville and Kansas City. Would you rather be in Vegas New York City at Madison Square Garden, the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, or uh, Kansas City? Missouri, by the way, if that matters to you. Uh, San Diego State, Alabama, Miami, Houston, Princeton, Creighton, Xavier, Texas, the games tomorrow. Let me ask this, Texters. A couple minutes left here. Is there a coach you're waiting on to lose to maybe get one final interview in before you hire Graham McCaslin? I do want to reiterate, leading candidate, a leading candidate is not the same as this guy's getting hired as soon as he loses. But that could be the case. That could be the case, but... I still do think there is another interview or two. If that guy blows you away, why would you settle on Grant McCaslin? Now, maybe Grant McCaslin has blown you away in a Zoom interview or two. I don't know. But if you're waiting on some of these guys to have in-person interviews with this committee, could be. Uh, this texture says, didn't remember where that was from. Friday Night Lights. Great explanation. There you go. Now, I would assume if a player said that in today's world, and then it happened in the game, <laughs> there would be some repercussions. Uh, probably some uh, charges pressed and everything else. But back in 1989... Uh, in a work of fiction there 10 years later or whenever that came. When did Friday Night Lights come out? 2004? Three? The movie, not the show, by the way. The show was good, too. The show... Man. They drug that out so long in some spots. And it, there was a lot of off-the-field stuff that I could have done without, like the murder, <laughs> the, the murder storyline. October 8th, 2004. 2004. Still got it. Still got it. I remember watching that movie quite a bit when it came out. I've not seen that movie in a long time. Maybe I go back and try to find that, see if it holds up. I do remember it being one of my favorite football movies. Uh, of course, I used to watch uh, Remember the Titans quite a bit. That was one of my favorites growing up. I rewatched that lately. I didn't feel like it held up very good. <laughs> it was really cheesy. Oh man! So, I mean, it's still good. It's a it's a good football movie. I wouldn't put it in my top football movies though. Remember the Titans. Sorry. Uh, power rankings of musicians who became actors, Justin Timberlake, Hillary Duff, Mandy Moore, Ice Cube, Ice-T, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx was an actor first, right? He was an actor who became a musician and then did both. 
Didn't he break out in... Uh, what was that show called? The comedy show? In Living Color? Uh, Texas baseball fans better enjoy their last two years in the Big 12. They are going to get killed in the SEC. Uh, the TV series of Friday Night Lights was also trying to play off the success of Varsity Blues. Yeah, with the off uh, off the field stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. On the coach stuff, seems like Grant is in the theme of Matt Wells coming off a big season. Here's why that's wrong. Matt Wells was uh, a couple of good seasons and then some like three and nine seasons. And then a good season got him hired. Grant McCasland in six years at North Texas has had zero dips. He hasn't, you know, won the conference, went to the tournament, and then been awful for two years, and then got Jordan Love and was good again. He didn't just have a couple of NBA players, and that made him good, and he got a job off of it. He's also done it at multiple places. Matt Wells was just at one place. But again, I do think he needs a great staff if he comes, and and not just a Conference USA staff. We'll be back tomorrow on the Raider Land, 11 a.m. I've been Rob Burrow. Be Rob Burrow. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.